and welcome to Very Unfiltered with me, Chris Ferry. Can't believe this. We're already in episode three. It's it's actually insane. I'm getting used to where I'm looking here. I've got a camera, I've got a mic, I've got a muff. It's actually just another mic, but it looks like a muff. Um, and yeah, I'm just getting set up for this. It's, it's crazy how it's just went in the past three weeks. So obviously, first week, did a wee intro. Second week, um, you seen and you heard my beautiful wife Laura on the podcast, and week three, still no a fucking guest. And no, I'm kidding on. Do you know what it is? I'm really want to get comfortable doing this first, and I want to be professional. Um, when I get a guest on, I want to make sure everything's running smoothly. I want to make sure I know how to set up because I'm not going to lie. Tonight it took me a good wee while to set up. I also spanked a couple of glasses of wine. But anyway, I want to make sure I'm proper set up for our, for our first big guest. I, I loved having Laura as my first guest, and I wouldn't want anybody else. I am planning doing more. So I'm planning arranging some guests in the next um, couple of weeks, and we'll see how that goes. Obviously, everybody's wanting to go on this. Everybody. What am I going to talk about in episode three? Well, you all know me as Chris Ferry, the guy that owns Ferry Fit. Now, I told you at the beginning of this, I wanted to become Chris Ferry again, and I want to let you know a wee bit more about me, and how did I get to, like I said in episode one, how did I get to where I am just now, and as we've already been discussing, I went backpacking, things like that. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you before the backpacking, I'm going to take you um, before quick shits, quick fits, I'm going to take you back before then and I'm just going to sort of tell you like part of, it's actually really good foundations for me, like I'm saying to you I want to make everything feel professional, run professional if I have a guest on the show, I want them to feel like do you know what this guy fucking knows what he's talking about, part of that is one of my first jobs and that to me, set me in a fantastic, it set a fantastic bar for me to always sort of like aim for and always sort of make sure that MD, any of my clients or members um, get the best possible customer experience. Obviously, if someone's coming to the podcast, but you could probably say it's a customer experience. I mean, you're asking them on your podcast, so you want to make them feel um, welcome, you want to make them feel like important and that's what this is all about so we're going to skip back I'm not going to skip back right right back now I, I tried for hundreds of jobs when I was in school I, I tried for loads my mum took me to Matterland to get me one of my first jobs and I went upstairs and I was like to my mum I don't want to go I don't want to go for a job in Matterland mum's like look you're not sitting about this house all the time so I've got you I've got you a bit, bit more or less filled in your application for Matterland so you're gone drove me up to Matterland and wish her off I went, was it Wisher? Wisher Cobridge, Co- one of them. Um, and I went and the girl says, so why do you want to work in Matterland? I was like, I don't. I was like, my mum's down the stairs. I says, my mum wants me to work in Matterland. I don't want to work in Matterland. Hence to say that I didn't get that job. Now, I went for another job. It was in a fish factory, didn't get that. It was gutting fish. My mate got that. He hated it. Thank God I didn't get it. And do you know applied for Slater menswear. Now, I didn't think I would get that either. And I went, met the guy, done my interview, says it was successful, there and then. I was delighted. Skipped out of there, slap, get rocking about in suits in here, this is going to be amazing. Anyway, 
I'm going to take you back to my first day. Now, I tell this story. People don't believe it. And it's a genuine story. And I'm going to share it with you just now. So my first day, off I go. Trousers, shirt, tie, rock in. Into Slater's and I go to the reception. And I see on the card and it says, um, Ave to meet Mr Jones. So I go up to the desk and I was like, hi there, I have to see... Mr. Jones and the girl goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Tom Jones is um he'll be there with you just now. Is this your first day? And I was like, Tom Jones, take the piss. And I was like, um, okay, right, that's fine. Off I went upstairs. Met Tom Jones, who was the manager of the store. I was like, okay. So he took me around and he says, I'm just gonna um while I was there, he goes, I'm just gonna introduce you to some people while you're here. And he's like, Oh, this is I can't remember what position the man had. And he was like, This is Harry. Harry Butt and I was like it's Tom Jones and Harry Butt this is something this is taking the piss over here he says and this is anyway follow me down here take me up to another floor this is introducing me to people and that and this is Willie Mould it's like Harry Butt Willie Mould and Tom Jones it's like you're fucking taking the piss out of me anyway I was like don't say anything don't say anything just go with it off I went so he went round the shop and everything like that and I'm I'm going round went to suits, done my done my shift at uh, a couple of shifts I didn't do a shift at suits. I'd done a couple of hours at suits. How do you do? Can you sell the suits? Let's try this. Right, okay. Because you're very young, he says, so what I'd like to actually do is we're gonna take you down the stairs and I'm gonna take you to casual wear. I feel you'd probably more suited down there. It's all guys about your age. Right, okay then. Went down the stairs and he goes, Okay, so um this is who's gonna be looking after you today. This is Tony Blair. And I went, right. No way. You're, come on. I, the guy's name was Tony Blair. Lovely guy. Um, <laughs> but what is the chances in that, in your first day, meeting Tom Jones, a Harry Butt, a Willie Mould, and a Tony Blair? I mean, there you go. That was my first day in Slayers. And anyway, it's potentially one of the best jobs I had. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I still keep close to loads of people that worked in there. And I mean, I worked in there when I was 17, 18. Um, well, at the moment, I'm still 33. I mean, this is... I'll get my birthdays next week, in case I didn't tell you it's last week. It's, it's, it's next week, I'm just saying. But I, I mean, it was one of the best jobs. And the reason I say that is customer service. It was just so customer service driven. Everything was yes sir, no sir. Um, you were taught that when you're getting customers or suits, when the kids were there, you gave them a goodie bag, you made sure the kids were entertained, you made sure you were giving the, uh, their partner a chocolate, um, you made sure when you were giving them the suits, you gave them the right options, you knew how to compliment everything. I was very, very fortunate. Um, my friend Ross, um, I'll tell you stories about Ross. He was one of the most amazing men ever. Um, he sadly passed away Um I can't believe it was a year ago and he, he showed me so much in there to the point where I still match my boxers and my socks to my shirt and tie and like if I'm wearing a t-shirt my boxers and my socks need to match my t-shirt and I, I've drummed that into me that was because of Ross and because of Slayers and I met amazing people I had great times many a party but I was always a pup and it was really good and that's what set me up and I always say, if I ever, ever had my own place, that's the bar. Do you know what I mean? That's the bar that you might hit. Do you know what I mean? You want to be that sort of customer-focused, the like they are. 
So that was one of my first jobs. Um, really, really loved it. Stayed there for quite some time. Um, went to college. And when I was at college, I was ready to sign up to do sports coaching. I was going to do sports coaching. And there was a day of signing up. I changed my mind last minute because there was a guy the year, a couple of years above me, was rocking about in a Honda Type R. Um, was making loads of money. I was 17, 18, and I thought, I why I do that. And I changed. I changed last minute and I went to architectural technology. Sorry, I'm moving this camera. Architectural technology I done. I was shite at it. I just wasn't interested in it. It was all CAD. Couldn't you be arsed with it? Fell asleep at the bus stop many a time. Used to tell my mum and dad, of course, uh, college was great today. I really, really enjoyed it. Pfft, shite. End up, I done full time in Slaters. That's what done that. And then I was offered an apprenticeship with a heating and gas company. I was going to be your heating and gas engineer. Hi there, I'm just here to service your boiler. Why I would say it in that accent, I don't know. But anyway, that's what I was set up to do. Now, I thought I was only a winner here. My dad thought I was only a winner. Funny enough, they ended up being absolute cowboys I was working for. So, wasn't the best experience. Didn't particularly like it. The manager, not the head guy, the guy below it, the guy that was the manager, sort of like told my family that I was basically, this is going to be me. I'm just going to set up, he's going to put me through a, what do you call it? Obviously, like, no modern approach. Obviously, I was a bit older, so I wasn't like just coming out of school, so I was maybe 18. 19, 18 more, like, he was like, oh, you're going to be like, going through an apprenticeship, you're a wee bit older, but look, we're going to fast track here, we're going to do all this, and it wasn't, I was a, I was a storeroom guy, that's what I was doing, and the guy was a fanny, the guy was an absolute fanny I worked for, he was just a horrible human being, who was completely into, like, bondage porn, which I found out as well, like, um, when I was on... By the way, I'm not farting, that's my chair, I'm moving on. Like, one day I had to sit and I had to do um, loads of the admin. They asked me, look, you've done all the jobs in the, 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 the yard, can you come in and help us with some of the admin? Can you get some of the jobs in the system? I was like, aye, that's fine then. Came in, was doing some of the jobs and up popped up some deviant porn that he was on. After that, he hated me, he didn't particularly like me. And then after that, I didn't particularly like the job. Um, loads of things. So I ended up leaving. And that's how I ended up in QuickFit. And that's where I was until, 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 uh, obviously, I decided to go backpacking. So, yeah, there you go. That was just a wee brief summary of where I got to. Um, obviously, when I get back from backpacking, now we'll review all our backpacking stories when we get Laura back on, because I can't tell it without Laura. I get back from backpacking and I swore I never wanted to do a job that I hated. I was I'd wake up in the morning and I would do a job that I was passionate about and um I'd wake up every single day and I'd want to do that. And now when I first came back I couldn't get a job. So I was a bit snookered with that one. Um Quickfoot offered me my job back. I wasn't interested in that. So I went and got a job in recruitment. Funny enough, I worked with Hayes recruitment, which was again beyond shite, I absolutely hated it, I worked with a guy, he was 
just it was just this horrible wee wanker. He was just a dick. He was leaving to go to the London office and he'd built up this area and they were taking me on to take over this area. And I worked in there for a while. I had my date long David Guetta here. And I thought, this could be quite good. Um, getting people into jobs, helping them, get maybe hopefully giving them full-time jobs. It wasn't like that. They were just... They were just arses, and it just wasn't for me, to be honest with you. Now, when I came back, I knew it wasn't for me, and when I was back, I was already um, thinking about doing personal training. Now, this all started when I went, I used to train, when I came back from backpacking, I'd finish my job in Hayes, and I'd drive to the Aquatech, and I would do my weight session, and I was in there one day, and one of the girls I went to, she was a year above me at school, came up to me and she's like, you're in here all the bloody time. I'm like, I know. Um, just Laura's doing, Laura's doing back shifts in the bank. So I just, I just thought, why not? You know what I mean? I'm just, I enjoy training. I want to get back into it. I'd lost an absolute power of weight after being backpacking. And she's like, have you ever thought about doing personal training? And I was like, me do personal training? I was like, no. No, never thought about doing personal training. She said, why no? And I was like, oh, blah, 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 hitting away all the excuses. Now, this girl was a firewoman. She knew that I'd always wanted to join the fire brigade. Part of the reason why I went backpacking, I'd applied for the fire brigade and of my dad's friend says to me, look, it's got to get knocked back. You don't have any life experience. Go and do something. My idea was, let's go backpacking. Anyway, I'd say to her, I was like, really? She was like, look, a lot of firemen have got other jobs, so why don't you look at going to do and doing even your level two gym instructor and then doing like your level three personal training? That's what I do, and I make my extra income from doing that. And I mean, you're, you're clued up already in what you're doing, um, you're fit. Look, why don't you give it a bash? And I'm like, nah. I was like, Who'd, who, would, who would pay me? To personal training them. She went, well, I get, pe- I get paid for personal training. I was like, I don't have like a gym, uh, like I could PT out. She went, no, 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 no. I do, I do home PT. And I was like, all right. And she went, look, come out with me. Come out with me and we'll go round a couple of my clients' houses and you can watch me home PT. What I'll do is I'll message them, make sure they're all right with it and let's go for it. So I was like, why not? Do you know what I mean? I've just been backpacking in the world. I'm open to I'm open to these new ideas. Let, let's just go for it, me and my David Jesus David Guetta here. Um so yeah, let's go for it. So off we went, met her, picked me up, took me out of clients for a lot of our clients were in South Lanarkshire and I watched her home PT and I was like, I could totally do this. Like, this is actually isn't as scary as I thought it was gonna be. So I went to my mum and dad and I was like to them obviously like this recruitment I have no money whatsoever um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the bank I'm going to get a bank loan or I'm going to loan I'm going to get a loan or something and I'm going to go and do my personal training course it's a good couple of grand and then I think I, could, I actually think I could make a career of this but it's going to set me up for the fire brigade because if, if I become a PT it shows I went backpacking I, I've got another job I'm fit I, I, I know how to get people fit and I know how to stay fit and do you know what? I'm going to smash the fitness tests. Then all I need to do is I need to focus on the, 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 the actual tests, like numeracy and whatever else it is. 
Uh, my mum and dad were like, look, this sounds really, really good and we'll help you out. We'll, we'll give you the money and um, you just pay us back. And I was like, right, sure. And they were like, look, yes, go for it. Like, you've just been away travelling. I think this is a, it's a time for like a, a new career. So I was like, right, okay then. And that's what I did. So that's what started me into personal training. Personal training um, course, I did um, a lot of weekends. Um, it was like, I don't know if it was like two weekends a month I had to do. And it was loads of home studying, online studying and stuff like that. Now, during that time, I was obviously working in Hayes. I was doing my recruitment. Hated it. I'm not going to lie. I more or less get fired because I went to tea in the park and when I came back they, they hated the fact I had my long hair and um, they hated the fact I wore bracelets they told me to constantly take off my bracelets I still wear my bracelets today um, oh, they, it was just like they were nitpicking they, they didn't want me there I didn't want to be there I just at the end of the day I knew I was going to get sacked they took me into a room they were talking to me about stuff and I went look pretty obvious here you just don't want me here I don't want to be here I don't want to take my records if I get fired let's just say I left, right? So, anyway, that was me. I was set up to go and do my personal training course and knew I was without a job. How was I going to pay to go to Edinburgh every weekend, or every second weekend, to do my personal training? So, what I did was I went for a job as a van driver, just doing deliveries, and went to a recruitment company in Motherwell who offered me a job as somebody to interview the people coming in for jobs to put them in, not do the full recruitment, but to say, like, suss them out and put them into what they wanted to be. I did, I didn't particularly want to do that. I wanted to do the van driving job. Anyway, did that for a while. They were absolute shysters. When that snow hit, remember the big, massive snow whenever I went to a standstill? Now, that must be obviously about 10 years ago now. Remember it? It was just, it was wild. Everybody's car was snowed in. People were having to sleep in their work and that. That was that time. So I was there. When that snow hit, they more or less told me, man, by the way, you don't have a job anymore. I was like, you're actually having a laugh, man. This is snooker me again for my PT stuff. I worked in a building site for the people I was actually sending jobs to. So I phoned them up. I was like, look, I have any work. Like, they were like, you know the guy that was doing the recruitment? I was like, aye. I says, but I have any work now give me a job. They were like, right, okay then. Um, when can you start? Got me in a couple of days. It was the four or five days. It was like two, three days now and again. It helped me though. I was used to living in nothing anyway. Did that. Still studying. Guys in the site sitting saying to me, hell's a PT? Personal trainer? Personal trainer? No chance. No chance. Stupidest job in the world. Stupidest job in the world. Who in their right mind would pay you? Look at you. You're built like I said, you're a fiver. Who's gonna Who's gonna pay you for PT? What do you know? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Hopefully someday, one day, right? Or maybe if I can just get a job in a gym. From there, um, I got a job. I'd went to back to I. I just started applying for things, and I got a job in a fuel car company. Now. The guy was sound. I went to a recruitment company, told him about my recruitment, my recruitment jobs. He offered me to work with them doing recruitment. I was like, no, no way. I am not doing this again. Um, so he says, look, I've got a job in a fuel, a 
fuel card company, you've done sales and quick fit, it's a call centre, like I know you didn't want to do a call centre, it's also not going to be for the long run, because you're also going to do personal training work in gyms, look, get a bash with you, man, see how you think, I was like, right, okay then, went to the job, um, and it was, as it says in the tin, that you were literally phoning up companies, I had the yellow pages, I opened the book, phoned companies, and was like, ah, hi there, upselling fuel cards to them, now, it's actually crazy, like, one of my old managers is now a member of the gym, Colleen, and it's great, and she was the nicest person in there, that, I mean, Dodgy Dave was great as well, but that is insane how all these things come about, so anyway, I did my job, I did my work in there, and I hated it again, <laughs> I hated it, it was just, I just didn't like it, and that was the thing, it was one of the strange experiences I was like I'm never doing a job I hate I'm never doing a job I hate and bomb every single job I hated I hated it but at the same point I knew all I wanted to do was become a personal trainer I'm not gonna lie now see this fuel care company one of the managers she was I can't mind her name she used to go about and square go some of the women on the phone I remember this I was just sitting there with my role just sitting there in my role at lunchtime and she's pulling the headsets off this woman and ripping the computer off her. It's a wee call centre in Motherwell. It was in like a wee office. And I'm just sitting there going, this shit isn't real, man. This cannot be happening. And I remember the next morning after that, still with my mum and dad, get in my car, drove my car, went to go into the car park and I went, actually, can I do this? And just drove. I drove to like... I think it was something like Cumbernauld or something like that. Yeah, I was working in the Motherwell. And I went away and I got a roll and a paper. And I just, and a can of iron brew, and I just sat reading my paper. Everything like that. And I went, then it got to about ten, half ten. I was supposed to start at quarter to nine. And just rocked in. And we're like, oh, where were you? And I went, oh, I just got in my car and I drove. And I went to Cumbernauld for a, a roll and a can of iron brew. And I thought I'd come back. They laughed. They thought I was kidding on. I wasn't kidding on. <laughs> I didn't want to go. Um, <laughs> so during that, by the way, I'm sorry, Colleen, if you're hearing this and you think I'm an absolute dick, that generally did happen. So during this time, I was applying for everything under the sun. Every gym under the sun, I'd now got my level two qualification. I'd been studying with a company called Premier. They're now called Premier, NASM Premier Global. Now I studied there in Edinburgh. So I used to go through every week. Great course. It was really, really good. The lectures were brilliant. Learned loads. I felt it was they were very, very like hands on. Not physically. Hello, hands on with you. But look, teaching you so much. Things at some points they probably didn't even need to teach you. But like any job, you were you were only going to learn about being a good gym instructor or being a good PT by working in a gym. Now I needed to get in a gym. So, I went back and. I went back and I decided that I was going to try everything, try every centre possible. I was very, very fortunate. There's a fantastic gym literally just beside my house now, but it was just up the road to me in New Stevenson and it was uh, the legend Mick Battersby that owned this gym. Now, I went in and I just was like to my cat, I want to work in, I work the new in a fuel car company. I hate it. I don't want to do it for the rest of my life. I want to work in a gym, can you help me? And he went, you can shadow in here if you want, I can't give you a job. I was like, that'd be amazing. He went, right, come in, come in Tuesday night and 
you can see there was a guy called Jimmy at work there as well at the time and we'll, we'll give you a hand so great sure enough I, I worked with Jimmy I, I'd done body fats and uh, measurements and learned about nutrition Mick me ran, ran me through all the training I cleaned protein cups protein shakers sold bars uh, sold post-workouts uh, get flung into training with the older guys like making sure I knew what I was doing and I did that for months nearly a year and um, I did that while I actually got my first step in a gym now I worked as I say in that fuel car company and I was applying for every gym under the sun and what had happened was I took my application to every, every North Lanarkshire leisure gym and I wasn't getting anywhere. I took them to every private gym. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I'd started working through my list. So I had my shadow shift with Mick. Um, and I'd went to one of the guys called Ants. Um, Ants used to work in the Aquatech. And he now owned his own gym. So one night after the uh, work in the call centre, I phoned Ants. And I was like, look, I really want to get into the gyms. I'm back backpacking now. Would you please consider even giving me some shadow shifts and he went look Chris come up come up and see me come and do a shadow shift so I went up I had a shadow shift or two with him he went look I'd like to give you a wee job how would you like to come up on a Wednesday night and I was like right okay then I'll work with Mick on a Tuesday I could come to you on a Wednesday this is great and he said right fine just come straight after just come straight after your work then so finished it at half five come up here and start at six bang on that's fine then and that was me First foot in the gym, thank you to Anthony Murray and Mick Battersby. Now, they two on your CV is amazing. Now, they're very, very knowledgeable men and they're amazing at what they do. So I decided, what I'm going to do is, I've now got my CV, I'm going to ask you two if I can be references on it, I'm going to back around all the gyms. That's what I did. So I went back around all the gyms, North Lanarkshire and all the private ones, and I still had fuck all. So... <laughs> I was gutted. I was absolutely gutted. I didn't know where to do. So one day I went to the Ravenscraig and I knew that was the biggest hub. So I went up there. I had my CV in my hand again. Third attempt. I had a book. I had my phone. Phones back then were shit. Never had any on them. So I went up to the reception. I says, hi there. I'm just wondering, is the gym manager in? They went, yes, yes, yes. How can I help you? I says, oh, I'm just here. I've got, I've got my CV. I was just wondering if I'd see him. Oh, one wee second. He's very, very busy just now. Um, could you come back another day? I said, so how long would it be? They went, oh, it'll be about 30 minutes. I said, oh, that's fine. Whaps out my book. I was going to sit in that couch. Sat in the couch. And they were like, um, hi there. About 10 minutes later. Hi there. Um, gym manager says it'll be about, maybe about 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, that's fine. This book's really good. I don't mind. And I sat. So I sat and sat. It wasn't 40 minutes. 20 minutes later, he came down the stairs. And he was like, to me, um, you weren't for going anywhere, were you? I was like, nope. And I was like, he's like, right, come on upstairs. So I sat and he says, so you're looking for a job in the gym? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, right, okay. Can I see your CV? Show my CV. Buff. Mick Battersby. Anthony Murray. Jim Clacker. That was my references. Boom, boom, boom. And he's like, wait a minute, you've, you've worked with all three then? I was like, uh-huh. Shadow Mike on Tuesday. What we ants on a Wednesday. Shadow Jimmy, Tuesday or Thursday, doing body fats, measurements. You know, how, long, how long have you been doing that for? That's well, about six months plus, maybe more. Well, longer with Mick, I say so, even longer. Right, okay. 
So you've got jump experience then? Uh-huh, yeah, you've got jump experience, yeah. And you've got your level three? Yep. When can you start your first shadow shift? In here. Um, when do you want me? He's I want you in Saturday back shift. That's fine. Boof, that was me. I was in. I was in my North Lanarkshire. Thank you to Thomas Mackerel doing that. Now, got in there. Brilliant start. Um, I took every shift under the sun. Now, I worked in that, that fuel car company Monday to Friday, quarter to nine, me being late probably, nine, um, till half five. I took any shift possible. Now, that became at the point where I would finish it at half five and start another one at quarter two or six o'clock. I worked every weekend, back shift near enough, because nobody wants to work a back shift weekend in the gyms. I did, I took them. So I worked in Saturday, Sundays in there. So I was doing seven day weeks, doing double shifts most days. Very, very rarely wasn't doing a double shift. Kept my shadow shifts, kept, because he respected Mick and Jimmy, kept that, kept working for ants, kept them all. And I did that. And I did that for phew, ages, to the point where there's only straws that will break the camel's back. And I started getting, I started trying other gyms. So I worked in Bells Hill if they wanted me. I worked in the Trist. I worked in Cumbernauld. I worked in Airdrie, Wisher. Any of these centres that would take me, I went to it because it could be my foot in the door for a full-time contract. And this is what started happening. I started getting my name in the books, started becoming a reliable, casual member of staff. And one day I got a phone call on my lunch break when I was in that fuel car company. And... One of the managers, Anne, phoned me and she says, look, Chris, I've got like three to four weeks of casual shifts here. Um, would you be interested in them? And I was like, yeah. And she went, it's not a full-time job or anything. She goes, it's just, can you can you do these? It's just, it's going to be maybe during when you're working, so I don't want you. And I went, no, I'll take it. And she went, no, 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 I'm not looking for you to quit your job. I was like, you know, honestly, it's not going to take much for me to quit this job. Like, I'll take them. I don't care if I don't have it. I'll find I'll find work after that in another gym. Trust me, I'll I'll just take all your shifts. And that's what I did. I took all these shifts in Bells Hill and Matt Busby, Ravens Craig, everything. Did that. And that was me. I was in I was in the door. I was doing programmes. I was building my name up about personal training. And Jimmy and Rick finally says to me, Look, you're doing a lot of shifts in these other gyms now. I think you're ready to take on your first client. And I was like, ooh, oh, I think you're jumping to get a wee bit here. And they're like, look, Chris, take on one client. So I'd been asked, to, loads of people had asked the PT, listen to me, loads of people had asked the PG with me. The people had asked the PT with me, and I kept saying no, because I didn't think I was ready. But at the same point, you, you don't, you're never going to be ready until you actually give it a bash. And that's what I'd done. So I went for it, I just went for it and I took on one client and trained her outside, it was all outdoor training, I had my, what did I have at the time? I had my wee, I had my Honda Astra, my Vauxhall Astra, uh, my dad put a bit of wood in the bottom of it, so I put my kettlebells and uh, I had two kettlebells and I had a medicine ball and I did that and I, I started PTing people from their houses, um, took on one, gave the girl amazing results, and anything I wasn't on Shuri, I went back to people that knew more than me, and I, I spoke to them, and that's how it just started building, it started building from there, took on another client, really good results, took on another one, great results, 
started going from there. And then loads of people started saying to me, especially Laura, why don't you do these boot camps everybody's doing? And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that, man. That's quite a lot of people. Just like, look, why don't you try it? So I says to Ants that I was thinking about doing it. Uh, and obviously he was used to doing classes. So he started putting me into some classes in his gym, showed me how they run, how to do it, put me into situations. One day I walked into the gym and he went, right, Chris, you're running this class tonight. And I'm like, I've never done a class. And he was the one that says to me, you are never going to grow unless you start pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. Start doing it. Right? And he's like, your first one might be shite, but see at the end of the day, you're just going to learn. And that's what I've done ever since. I've constantly just made myself uncomfortable and doing things and just going for it and learning as I go. So that's what I did. I went and did my first boot camp and it was down in North Road in Bells Hill. I had, as I say, two kettlebells. Pointless because I had more people. Uh, so I used a medicine ball and a set of cones. And I was going to use Bells Hill Boys Club. I was all set up. I was ready to go. But me, being the absolute fanny that I was, did not check that there was any football on that night. There was a football game on, so Mars collapsed. I didn't know what to do. I had all these friends and family all turning up to do my first ever boot camp. And I didn't know where to go. Now, luckily, Laura lived down the North Road in Bells Hill. So she was like, ah, look, there's a park across the road. It's good enough. It'll be a big enough area. Let's use that. So I went, set it out. I had a couple of cones. And I say a couple of cones. I had like, I think I had six cones and I had a medicine ball. And I actually had something like 16 people at my first boot camp. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? But I just fell into it. And it just, one of the moments where everything just feels right. That's the way it felt. That's the way that boot camp felt. It just felt right. I felt that this was what I was, this is what I was, this is what I was supposed to do. This is what I knew I could be good at and I knew that I could make a career out of this. And that's what I did. I did my first boot camp down there at North Road. And do you know that boot camp will be 10 years old next year? The first ever one. So I've been in the game a wee while now. And I still love what I do. And you know what? I love sharing what I did. And I love sharing my, like, fails and triumphs. And it's good because, see, now with new PTs coming in, it's good to talk to them and tell them these things. It's good to tell them that there's going to be... With coaches come in now, they're they're going to be uncomfortable doing certain things. Classes one-on-one group PT training some men don't like training men because they find men intimidating they would rather train women or some men find women intimidating so they would rather train men women coaches don't like training women they prefer training men do you know what I mean all these different things all people uh, all coaches are different and that's the beauty of this game everybody's different everybody's got something unique and I always say people buy people I mean, you could come to PT and you'd be like, I don't particularly like them. I don't get the good vibe for them. It's not somebody I would click with. That's fine. It doesn't mean they're a bad coach. It just means they're not the right fit for you. 
The same as all the careers that I did, all the different careers were just not the right career for me. They're not bad careers. Recruitment's a fantastic job. Working in call centers is a great job. There's loads of, there's loads of potential, loads of moving up within the companies. Working in gyms as a gym instructor is not a bad job. It's a fantastic way of learning. It's a great way of meeting people. I just, I love working in gyms, hence why I own a gym now. Now, I don't want to bore you too much with this. I'm taking you to that level. That was my first step in. I am still a casual gym instructor. I've done my first boot camp. I've only got two clients at this point. I still clean protein shakers and advanced bodies. I still work in Ansi's gym, doing some classes. I've done everything what gym instructors are supposed to. I was mopping shivers, cleaning toilets, serving customers, doing everything. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. I don't believe that you can be a good personal trainer until you're a good gym instructor. And that's the thing I'll always say. Now there's loads of people getting a qualification. That's same. They're the world's best PT. No, you're not. It's like joiners. You're not given a hammer and a nail and all of a sudden you're the best joiner in the world. You have an apprenticeship to do and you have skills to learn and you have to learn off of people. I still, to this day, make sure I am never the smartest one in my group. I learn from people that are not necessarily older, they could be younger, but maybe no, they, they, I learn off of them. I, I never pretend I know it all because I don't. I'm still learning. Now, I'm climbing this wee mountain, this mountain, it's a big mountain. So I'm going to share a story with you because I want to. So what, before I do that, what I'll do is I'll just have a wee sip of my wine. It's a pretty nice wine, by the way. Mm. Maybe we could start doing wine reviews. Okay, I don't know, I won't do this. Now, I read a lot. I listen a lot. I talk a lot as well. But I love things like TED Talks. I think that's so interesting because there's some topics on it but I'd never listened to that in a million years. I'd never listened to him or her in a million years. But sometimes when you're out of walk, you do. Because it's in your pocket, flicks on it, and you're like, nah, let's just go with it and see what it takes us. This one took me in a fantastic wee journey the other day. Now, this was a monk, and he told a story about a man in a mountain. So I'm going to share this with you today. Now, this podcast is all about me practising my reading out loud. So bear with me, as I may get some things wrong. But it's okay, because... These things happen. This story, as I say, is about a man who lived close to a mountain. And every day he thought about it and what it'd be like to climb that mountain and what it'd be like to see the top of the peak. The day finally came when the man would set out on his journey to reach the top of that mountain. He arrives at the, he arrives at the foot of the mountain and meets a traveller who's descending from the top of the mountain. So the man asks... How did you get to the top of that mountain and what did you see from the top? So the traveller shares his path and also his view that he saw. However, the man thought the path that the traveller took sounded difficult and exhausting. So he decided to find another path and to take another uh, before he took that trip to the top of the mountain. He continued to walk round the foot of the mountain until he found another traveller to ask the path that they took and what did they see? Once again, 
um, how did you get to the top of the mountain and what did you see? Again, the traveller shared his path and what he saw at the top. Confused about which path to take and how to go about it, the man decided to ask 30 more travellers and he got 30 more different answers to his question. After talking to all the travellers, the man finally decided, now that I've heard all the stories and which path to take and I see that I no longer feel any need to go up that mountain myself. Now, there is a motto behind this. There is no correct path in life. Copying the path of others uh, won't, uh, won't, um, won't get you to see clearly. It will create more uh, mental strain for you by listening to other people's opinions and how they got to where they wanted to go to and how you should get to where you need to get to. Okay, We need to learn to travel down our own path when trying to accomplish our own goals. This isn't to say that we don't learn from our mistakes along the way. I did. I'm just saying that I did, by the way. However, I took what was working to... I took what worked for me and what didn't work for me. And that's what you need to do with yourself. You need to see what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Is this going to be right for you? Is it not going to be right for you? Was that a mistake? Mm, was it a mistake? Did you learn from it? Can you move forward from it? Now, all I'm trying to say is, don't take my word for these things, right? See for yourself while you're travelling your own path. Um, climb towards your peak to see even higher peaks. And see at the end of the day, everybody's mountain view is going to be completely different. All I'm trying to say is, if you've got an idea of where you want to go to, don't listen to other people. And see, to be honest with you, see when you think you get to the top, the view will be amazing. You'll turn around again and be, you'll see more that you want to climb. So all I'm trying to say to you today is, keep climbing that mountain. I've not climbed the top of my mountain, but the view I'm at just now is really nice. But I know the higher I go up, the view will just get more beautiful. So, that's me. I'm off to finish my wine. Thank you very much for listening to me. I am Chris Ferry. This is episode three. I love you. Thank you. Au revoir.